Today on the Doc on the Run podcast, we're talking about whether or not running is risky. Hi, I'm Dr. Christopher Segler, and thanks for tuning in to the Doc on the Run podcast, where we help you understand how to keep training and running even if you've been injured. Is running risky? I recently went to pick up my 10-year-old son, Alex, from an after-school program. Now, he and all his classmates were playing on the playground. The camp administrator that runs the program actually approached me as I was walking across the playground to get Alex, and he said, you know, Alex doesn't really make good decisions for his safety. And when he said that, I looked over and Alex, who was standing up on the tire swing, he was swinging so high that he was almost horizontal at the top of the arc. And I looked at the camp instructor and I said, you know, that may be true, but it looks to me like Alex makes awesome decisions in terms of adventure. Now, the camp counselor didn't really like my answer, but, you know, I'll openly admit that I might be one of those people who's defined or labeled as a risk taker. I mean, I used to race motorcycles professionally. I fly a paraglider. I've climbed mountains in Alaska. I've done lots of solo big wall rock climbs in Yosemite and Zion National Park. I even free soloed routes and climbed one where I was basically a thousand feet off the ground alone with no rope. I also still ride motorcycles when I do house calls to see injured runners around San Francisco. Now, I drive on the line between the cars, and believe it or not, that's illegal in California, and I do this to get through traffic. Now, a lot of people think splitting lanes on a motorcycle is dangerous. Now, when Alex was little, we used to ride motorcycles together, and he would often ask me to ride wheelies while he was on the motorcycle with me. Does that seem risky to you? A lot of people think that motorcycles in and of themselves are risky or just inherently dangerous, and whether or not that's true is a different episode, I suppose. But think about this for a second. Think about how, how motorcycle riding might be dangerous to you. I mean, do you think it would be dangerous if you were to hop on a dirt bike and attempt to do a, a jump with a backflip on the motorcycle? Probably, right? Even if you're experienced, that seems dangerous. Well, what about somebody who's really experienced, who's riding a motorcycle on a road somewhere in the countryside with no other traffic, no cars, nobody else anywhere around? Does that really seem risky? Look, the point here is that some things are really a lot more risky than others. Now, if you're a runner and you've been injured, you have to think about risk. This is really important. There is risk in everything. If you run with your back to traffic, well, you might get run over by somebody who's texting their friends. Of course, that's risky. If you do hill repeats until you're completely and totally exhausted, you could get an overtraining injury. And some people would say that's risky. Now, if you run on trails and, well, you could sprain your ankle and you could get hurt. Some of your road running friends who don't run on trails might actually tell you that's risky. Everything has some level of risk. If you don't ever go outside, you never get on a motorcycle, you never run on a trail, and you spend the rest of your life sitting on the couch or sleeping in bed, you probably won't die of some kind of traumatic injury. But you might die of heart disease or boredom. And... If you've been injured, your doctor will probably tell you that you can't run because running itself is just too risky for you as the injured runner. But you have to really think about what is risky and what's not. And this is especially true if you're a runner who's been injured. Everything in medicine has risk. There is no single treatment a doctor can offer you that's 100% risk-free. Nothing. For every good thing in medicine, there's a bad thing. And that's also true of all the treatments we offer you when you're an injured runner. And that's truthful for the ones that the doctors give you as well as ones that you find yourself. But to understand risk, you have to understand your goal first and foremost. If you're a runner, of course, your goal is to run. You have to understand that not running, taking time off, that in itself is risky to you as a runner. 
Now this year, I lectured to physicians at medical conferences in a bunch of different places, California, Las Vegas, Seattle, Iceland, and one of the talks I presented at some of those conferences is about how doctors can treat runners differently in order to reduce re-injuries after an injured runner heals and starts running again. And one interesting fact is that if you look through all the published medical research, uh, there are actually only three proven uh, risk factors for injury among runners. The first one's being male. The second one's being a high mileage runner. And the third one is a history of prior injury. Although this may be controversial, I'll just go ahead and say that um, that I personally believe that if you're male and you might be dumber than a woman and more prone to ignoring signs of injuries and just toughing things out, and I think being tough and ignoring pain can lead to an easily preventable overtraining injury. Well, the second thing here is that if you're a high mileage runner, you're, it's more risky, and that's not really complicated. If you run a lot, particularly every day, you have less time to recover. The problem is not running lots of miles. The problem is not recovering enough in between those runs. Remember, there is no overtraining. There is only under-recovering. Being a high mileage runner makes it more difficult to properly recover before your next workout. Now, the third and most important of these risk factors for running injury is a history of prior running injury. Well, many doctors argue that certain runners are biomechanically flawed or somehow more prone to running injuries. And they use this third risk factor as proof that somehow you must be damaged if you got injured. So if you are biomechanically flawed, then it just makes sense that you need some kind of biomechanical correction, like a custom orthotic device that, of course, the doctor makes and charges you for. Now, in some more drastic cases, the doctor may actually tell you that because you are biomechanically flawed, you're just not built to be a runner. Therefore, you shouldn't be running at all. They tell you to quit. Quitting is actually their prescription for you. But what I have argued at all these medical conferences is completely counter to the conventional medical wisdom. Well, I believe that, um, that treatments most often prescribed for runners when they develop a running injury actually puts you at higher risk of re-injury later. Now, doctors don't often like to hear this and it kind of makes them squirm, but you have to understand this. When you stop running, you get weaker. You get muscle atrophy. When you stop running, you get stiffer. Your muscles and tendons and ligaments, they all become less pliable. They just get stiffer when you sit still. And when you stop running, you lose your coordination and the neuromuscular connections that help your muscles fire efficiently and gracefully with less stress. So answer this question, true or false? A runner who is weak, stiff, and uncoordinated, running with poor form, is more likely to get injured when they're running. I mean, wouldn't you agree that that statement is true? I mean, I do. You know, I believe that, um, that most runners, uh, they don't really get injured in the middle of their workout. Most runners seem to get injured at the end of their workout when they are weak, when they're uncoordinated, when their running form is falling apart because that's when they're sort of like wobbly and they're landing asymmetrically and they're getting injured because they're beating things up. So the degeneration of your running form when you get tired and weak leads to increased forces throughout your lower extremities, meaning your feet, ankles, legs, because all the structures are getting loaded asymmetrically because you're not absorbing forces dynamically. So things get loaded more forcefully. Strict rest, fracture walking boots, casts, crutches, and even extended periods of no running at all makes you weaker and stiffer and uncoordinated. So all those treatments, which may be frequently recommended by doctors, they do put you at a higher risk of re-injury later. So you have to think about this, like what is really risky for you? That's what you really have to think about when you get injured. 
you have to ask your doctor and think for yourself and decide whether or not some specific treatment that has been recommended might put you at in a position you know where you're going to be more at risk of another injury as soon as you resume running now in my view the sooner you can start running the lower your risk of another overtraining injury the more time you take off running the higher your risk of another overtraining injury for all these reasons we just mentioned now once you resume running you also have to manage that risk as well because you know, you might be getting, you know, at risk of getting re-injured. So you have to think about how you can decrease the forces applied to that one anatomic structure that got injured. You know, how can you run without putting increased stress on your plantar fascia? How can you run with less tension on your Achilles tendon? How can you run while decreasing the forces to that one metatarsal bone that got a metatarsal stress fracture? And how can you do all of this while you maintain all of your fitness? How can you continue to maintain your running form with less risk? Now, you have to really think about this stuff because these are really important questions when you have a running injury and you're trying to get back to running. Remember, not running isn't always the solution and not running at all, well, that in itself is actually risky if you think about it. So you, your doctor, your coach, your trainer, everyone on your team, you all need to be thinking about how to decrease that risk of injury when you're injured. Everyone on your team needs to be thinking about how to reduce your risk of re-injury when you're getting back to running and you start training again. Don't ever forget, you are a runner. And even if you're injured, you're going to run again. You just have to figure out what risk is worth taking and what risk has to be avoided. So make the best decisions on risk management and you will get back to running sooner. What's a virtual doctor visit? The idea of not running at all while waiting for my foot to heal was simply depressing. I really needed a second opinion from an expert, someone who specializes in helping runners. What you'll get from Dr. Segler, in my experience, is expert runner and medical care that's individualized for your needs. I'm left with actionable steps to recover from my injury. Dr. Segler is different, and I felt heard, didn't feel patronized, and I felt like he prioritized getting me back to running as soon as possible as much as I did. I just couldn't see sitting around for six weeks knowing my hard-earned fitness would vanish. I know Dr. Segler is an expert, and I wanted to see him in person. But frankly, I just couldn't afford the cost of a house call. I saved enough money to pay for my next marathon registration. You can have an appointment with Dr. Segler, whether it's by Skype or on the phone. You can expect, one, he's going to be on time. Two, he's going to be able to spend more time with you than a typical uh, visit in a doctor's office. And both of those are going to result in more effective diagnosis and treatment plan for you. I'm a young woman in the Philippines and I hurt my ankle yesterday. I just wanted to say thank you and that it's such a relief to be able to find a website like yours and get some information when I'm in a place with uh, little to no medical care. So I just wanted to call and say thank you. You're awesome. Book a virtual doctor visit and get a second opinion online today. If you have a question that you would like answered as a future edition of the Doc on the Run podcast, send it to me, and then make sure you join me in the next edition of the Doc on the Run podcast. Thanks again for listening.